0: The problem, according to Buddhism, is that our feelings are no more fleeting vibrations changing every moment, like the ocean waves. If five minutes ago I felt joyful and purposeful, now these feelings are gone, and I might well feel sad and dejected. So if I want to experience pleasant feelings i have to constantly chase them while driving away the unpleasant feelings even if i succeed i immediately have to start all over again without ever getting any last, lasting reward for my troubles what is so important about obtaining such ephemeral ephemeral prizes Why struggle so hard to achieve something that disappears almost as soon as it arises? According to Buddhism, the root of suffering is neither the feeling of pain, nor of sadness, nor even of meaninglessness. Rather, the real root of suffering is this never-ending and pointless pursuit of ephemeral feelings which causes us to be in constant state of tension restlessness and dissatisfaction due to this pursuit the mind is never satisfied even when experiencing pleasure it is not content because it fears this feeling might soon disappear and craves that this feeling should stay and intensify People are liberated from suffering, not when they experience this or that fleeting pleasure, <clears throat> but rather when they understand the impermanent nature of all their feelings and stop craving them. This is the aim of Buddhist, Buddhist meditation practices. In meditation, You are supposed to closely observe your mind and body, witness the ceaseless arising and passing of all your feelings, and realize how pointless it is to pursue them. When the pursuit stops, the mind becomes very relaxed, clear, and satisfied. All kinds of feelings go on arising and passing. Joy, anger, boredom, lust... But once you stop craving particular feelings you can just accept them for what they are you live in the present moment instead of fantasizing about what might have been the resulting serenity is so profound that those who spend their lives in the frenzied pursuit of pleasant feelings can hardly imagine it it is like a man standing for decades on the seashore embracing certain good waves and trying to prevent them from disintegrating while simultaneously pushing back bad waves to prevent them from getting near him. Day in, day out, the man stands on the beach driving himself crazy with this fruitless exercise. Eventually, he sits down on the sand and just allows the waves to come and go as they please. How peaceful. <coughs> this idea is so alien to modern liberal culture that when Western New Age movements encountered Buddhist insights, they translated them into liberal terms, thereby turning them on their head. New Age cults frequently argue Happiness does not depend on external conditions. It depends only on what we feel inside. People should stop pursuing external achievements such as wealth and status and connect instead with their inner feelings. Or more succinctly, happiness begins within. This is exactly what biologists argue, but more or less the opposite of what Buddha said. Buddha agreed with modern biology and New Age movements that happiness is independent of external conditions. Yet his more important and far more profound insight was that true happiness is also independent of our inner feelings. Indeed, the more significance we give our feelings, the more we crave them, and the more we suffer. Buddha's recommendation was to stop not only the pursuit of external achievements, but also the pursuit of inner feelings. To sum up, subjective well-being questionnaires identify our well-being with our subjective feelings and identify the pursuit of happiness with the pursuit of particular emotional states. In contrast, for many traditional philosophies, and religions such as Buddhism, the key to happiness is to know the truth about yourself, to understand who or what you really are. Most people wrongly identify themselves with their feelings, thoughts, likes, and dislikes. When they feel anger, they think, I am angry, this is my anger. They consequently spend their life avoiding some kind of feelings and pursuing others. They never realize that they are not their feelings, and that the relentless pursuit of particular feelings just traps them in misery. If this is so, then our entire understanding of the history of happiness might be misguided. Maybe it isn't so important whether people's expectations are fulfilled, and whether they enjoy pleasant feelings. The main question is whether people know the truth about themselves. What evidence do we have that people today understand this truth any better than ancient foragers or medieval peasants? Scholars began to study the history of happiness only a few years ago, and we are still formulating initial hypotheses and searching for appropriate research methods. It's much too early to adopt a rigid conclusion and end a debate that's hardly yet begun. What is important is to get to know as many different approaches as possible and to ask the right questions. Most history books focus on the ideas of great thinkers, the bravery of warriors, the charity of saints, and the creativity of artists. They have much to tell about the weaving and unraveling of social structures about the rise and fall of empires, about the discovery and spread of technologies. Yet they say nothing about how all this influenced the happiness and suffering of individuals. This is the biggest lacuna in our understanding of history. We had better start filling it.